another informational resource from UK Healthcare. This is UK HealthCast, featuring conversations with our physicians and other healthcare providers. Here's Melanie Cole. Heart disease is the nation's leading cause of death and a major cause of disability around the world. And that's why it's so important to have a state-of-the-art cardiology department. Today, we're talking about cardiovascular medicine at UK Healthcare. And my guests in this panel discussion are Dr. Francisco Hidalgo. He's a general cardiologist. And Dr. Thomas Wayne. He's a cardiologist and the director of the Lipid Management Clinic. And they're both at UK Healthcare. Dr. Hidalgo, I'd like to start with you. Tell us a little bit about the current state of heart disease today. What's the prevalence and awareness as you see it? What's different now about what we know about this disease? Well, uh, I think like I would like to start talking really about about the region about Kentucky. I think like currently the situation of Kentucky is that there is a very high prevalence of people smoking, and as well of people uh, with uh, being overweight or with obesity. So I think that there's like some modifiable risk factors of coronary artery disease or cardiovascular disease that can be modified. So compared to, to other states, I will say that the prevalence of either smoking or being overweight is pretty, pretty, very high in, uh, in Kentucky. So I would certainly agree if I can jump in. And unfortunately, there's still a lack of full awareness, including on the part of uh, of primary care uh, providers in terms of the importance and the things that we have to offer because we do have so much to offer now with statins, these newer injections, the PCSK9 inhibitors that really can help prevent or delay the occurrence of coronary disease. And yet it's still incredible the number of times I see patients where the right thing has not been done. Constant education is critical. I couldn't agree more. And education would seem to be the crux of the understanding of heart disease, whether it's in Kentucky or really anywhere else in the country. One thing that I don't know that people really understand when they're looking for a provider even to get tested, Dr. Wayne, is the difference between you all. Can you tell the listeners what is a cardiologist versus a cardiac surgeon or a cardiothoracic surgeon, or they hear the term interventional cardiologist, and they don't know what that means either. All right. Well, a general clinical cardiologist, or we just even refer to ourselves as a clinical cardiologist, is that we we are specialized in the care of patients with cardiovascular medicine. Really, we don't limit ourselves just to the heart. Most of us, the whole vascular system is at risk, but we are specialized in terms of of making decisions of when to refer the patient on, and I'll explain to whom we refer, and then what we can do with the very best prevention, like the use of these statins to try to delay the occurrence of coronary disease, and specific medication treatments, which we will we will uh, manage. On the other hand, a cardiac surgeon or cardiothoracic surgeon is specialized just in surgical procedures on the heart. And a lot of them, when we say cardiothoracic, they do some other chest procedures, but they are surgeons. They will not see the patient unless someone like us or an internist or primary care provider has referred that patient. The interventional cardiologist is one that is most highly specialized in doing percutaneous procedures 
on the heart that can help avoid the need for surgery, such as with a patient having a, a severe coronary disease and symptoms, doing an angioplasty with a balloon and with a stent placed over that to help keep the lesion open. That is the interventional cardiologist. A lot of interventional cardiologists do see patients, but their practice is directed at doing these, these they are procedures, and they help avoid the need to do a more extreme procedure, which would be cardiothoracic or cardi cardiac surgery. Um, I will. I would like to add. I I agree with Dr. Wayne's uh, description of each of the of these uh, of these uh, physicians. Uh, I will. I, I will. The way that I see it is that as general cardiologists, we are treating the patient medically with medications, trying to modify. Uh, lifestyle, provide medications, as Dr. Wayne is pointing out. We also try to prevent heart disease. We we prescribe medication statins to decrease the risk of uh, cardiovascular disease. Uh, but obviously, as, as any other field in medicine, we unfortunately, we cannot just manage everything just by medications or prevention. Sometimes we have to escalate to other options. So from one standpoint, we have the interventional cardiologist, as Dr. Wayne is explaining, who is the, the person who specializes on in, uh, in doing interventions on the, on the heart, specifically doing stents or balloon angioplasties. Obviously, there has been new uh, advances on what the interventional cardiologist can provide to the patient and now there is including uh, interventional cardiologists and also programs that are focused on doing valve replacement. Uh, on the other on the other side, uh, we have the thoracic surgeon, which is the surgical option, the surgical approach. And obviously, if medications don't work anymore on the patient, or if it's them that the patient will not be a good candidate for being treated by interventional cardiologists, we have the option from a CT uh, from a CT from a CT surgeon standpoint. Um, so that's kind of mainly the, the difference in between these these fields. I think that the most important thing about these is that uh, all of us work together. Like we work as a team, uh, and obviously we coordinate well the care of the patient, and we we work mainly as a team rather than just working as individuals. It's very collaborative, and that multidisciplinary care is so important when it comes to patients with heart disease or preventing it. Dr. Wayne, tell us a little bit about the Lipid Management Clinic and how do you go about treating your patients? What can they expect from you? Well, I, you know, as, as far as the clinic, I don't run a specific clinic. I see patients uh, four days a week and I have built a reputation for the referral of these patients. So it's really more of a general term, <clears throat> but there is so much we have to offer now. I mean, you still always want it as a, a classic term, a therapeutic lifestyle change, but you still want the patient to start with that where they improve their diet and a perfect diet. I suggest as a very general, easy to look up a type of diet is a Mediterranean diet and even a Diabetic can modify their sugar content and follow a Mediterranean diet, which has several very healthy components. So you want them to start with that. Obviously, controlling and losing their weight, losing a lot of weight, which is a major problem here in Kentucky, which would help also control their diabetes. And we have an incredibly high instance of diabetes here. And then exercise. We don't want to forget about the value of exercise. 
Actually, when the patient is exercising, the risk, cardiovascular risk, does go up during that interval. But otherwise, the proof is solid that exercise in and of itself helps decrease your cardiovascular risk. And that is so important, uh, even though right now we have an emphasis on lowering the LDL. So in terms of lipids, the, the bad guy, you've heard of the HDL. In most cases, the HDL, which is the high-density lipoprotein, is the good guy. And it's generally protective, although there are subtleties and not always so. The LDL is the low-density lipoprotein. That is the bad guy that's the principal carrier of cholesterol. <clears throat> and for right now, in terms of cardiovascular de disease prevention, over and above these therapeutic lifestyle changes and controlling the blood pressure, the major thing that we have to offer is a marked lowering of the LDL. And the data is very clear that the low, that lower is better. So, of course, you have to balance benefit versus risk in terms of your medications. Unfortunately, the statins, which are really the greatest contribution to cardiovascular disease prevention in the past century, they're fantastic. But nevertheless, 10% of people still get some muscle symptoms. So you have to work carefully and make sure that you still have the equation in favor of the benefit versus the risk of what you're doing. But without any question, we are prolonging lives, delaying the development of cardiovascular disease and prolonging lives by these aggressive treatments. And I, for the most extreme risk, I cannot get the LDL too low. And yet, as an example, last week I had a patient who did have a heart attack, and I had the LDL in a high-risk patient down at 55. So there's an example of how we still have so much to learn, such as inflammation and other things. But right now, getting the LDL down lower is better makes a major difference, and I think we're saving a lot of lives that way. Certainly is the case. And, and there are, Dr. Wayne, so many new theories, and it's an exciting time to be a cardiologist. As you mentioned, inflammation, that is always fascinating to me as an exercise physiologist to see the new ways that we're looking at heart disease and inflammation. Dr. Hidalgo, next question to you. Do you see that in Kentucky there is a disparity issue where people, because Dr. Wayne mentioned the obesity epidemic and diabetes and smoking and all of these things. Do you think that there's a disparity in awareness and the ability to seek out providers? While you're answering that question, tell us how you want patients to reach out to UK Healthcare and why it's so important that you both are there to help them with some of these issues. Yeah, well, well um, I I, th I think that there is a significant, uh, th well, I will say that there is no awareness of how bad can be smoking for for the people health. I feel that um, mainly in Kentucky and other areas of probably West Virginia and uh, Virginia, where there has been a lot of tobacco fields, uh, there we see a lot of people smoking from early ages, and it it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to them. Seems to people that the smoking is something bad, and and unfortunately, we here in in this region, this area, we see many people not only with cardiovascular conditions, we also see people with lung conditions, with COPD, and other conditions related to to smoking. I uh, as 
as you point out, I seem like there's lack of awareness of what are what is the long-term damage from smoking. Um, in regards also to to diet, Dr. Wayne was uh, talking about diet. I feel that there's also lack of awareness of what will be a healthy diet. I seem like what uh, what is more prevalent in the region is having uh, food that is more consistent with high calorie with high calories intake or either like uh, with high content of lipids, cholesterol, uh, a lot of people consuming like fast food. So I think that there is like for sure lack of awareness of of these uh, of these factors that can be modified, not only just with medications, but just from a from a from a preventive per- perspective. Um, in regards to how they can approach us, um, so I think like uh, UK has a. Uh, Many many options from a cardio, cardiology standpoint. We we have uh, either a clinic at Chandler Hospital, and we also have clinic at Maxwell. Um, also, UK has different out, outreach clinics in Kentucky region. I go to to Mount Vernon, Kentucky, which is like around like 50 miles away from Lexington, to see patients. I, I think that from a from an option standpoint, uh, I don't feel it will be difficult for a patient to reach us. Uh, we we see patients that are self-referred, new patients or patients that are referred by the primary care. So I think that there's like many options. Like the thing is, the most important thing is that the patient needs to rely on so somebody. I, I feel that we should be providing more education or some kind of seminars to people, so they they kind of they get they get aware of or they get idea of what is not healthy for them from a cardiac standpoint. No, I agree completely for that. It's really education in the public uh, for the patient and patients I feel very strongly they have to they need for their own protection to be strong advocates for their care and know what to ask for because there really is still an educational gap with physicians and other providers of not of being so busy in a big office and not being not either having the knowledge or not being willing to take the time to push the very best and latest treatments so it's constantly hitting these points with those who provide the care because if we don't reach the primary care provider uh, the, that care is not going to get given unless the patient uh, happens to request a referral on their own so we need both the patient and the provider to be aware of what is the standard of care and what is evidence based certainly is true and that cross collaboration between providers is what impresses me so much about the way that you two work together so i'd like to give you each a last word to to offer your best advice and dr wayne i'd like to start with you looking forward to the next 10 years what do you think is going to be some of the most exciting areas of research in the field of cardiology well, the best one I can um, mention and that you mentioned also is, is your interest in inflammation. There's actually a study with uh, one of these uh, chemotherapy-type agents, canakinumab, and it was called the Canto Study, and it was strictly directed at decreasing inflammation, and there was a statistically significant reduction in cardiovascular events. Now, for that patient of mine who had the infarct with the LDL of 55, I can't give him, I can't justify from an evidence-based even giving him an NSAID uh, uh, 
pain medication because the evidence isn't there and those medications have their risk given chronically for uh, causing kidney problems. But this is clearly a beautiful example of the future. And I suspect 10 years from now, we will still be continuing with the, the statins will still be of value. These new injections, the PCSK9 inhibitors will also be ha having a lot of use because LDL lower is still better. But there will be other things that I can offer that patient of mine who had the heart attack when he should not have had it from his LDL and uh, and his uh, blood pressure. So that inflammation is an example that right now for that gentleman, all I have to offer him is thinking of some any additional medication that I can do to drop his LDL even lower and continue, continuing to emphasize to him his healthy lifestyle and controlling his weight. So things will change. A beautiful example is I'm, my career spans over 50 years in cardiology, and when we started cardiac surgery, 50% of the patients died uh, from having the surgery. Now, if we lose a patient at cardiac surgery, somebody has some big explaining to do. It, of course, it happens. There's a risk. But now we send a patient to cardiac surgery, we expect them to live and do well. Isn't that amazing? I just absolutely love to hear that, Dr. Wayne. And and I can hear the passion in your voice from your so many years in the field. And it's really exciting to hear you speak about what you think is coming in the future. Dr. Hidalgo, as you wrap up for us, please tell us what you would like to know about cardiovascular medicine, heart disease with UK Healthcare and and center a little bit for us on women, because as we know, and we're learning more and more, heart disease presents itself and heart attacks present themselves differently in women. So what would you like patients to take away from this segment of listening to you charming gentlemen speak about this field? What would you like them to take away from the awareness part of it all? What would you like them to know? So uh, once again, I, I feel like uh, what I would like them to know is that obviously they realize that uh, smoking is a bad thing, that we do have uh, options to help people uh, to quit smoking. Uh, we can have, provide counseling to people in the clinic, in the cardiovascular, in the cardiology clinic at Maxwell or at Chandler. We provide counseling or we have other uh, medications that we can help. Uh, we can try in patients to help them quit smoking. Also, I would like them to take away about like trying to read more about like a healthy diet, a heart healthy diet. I think it's very important to keep that in mind and as well of uh, having a more like healthy lifestyle, including exercise on their daily activities. I think uh, I agree a lot with Dr. Wayne's uh, uh, prediction of the future where his, uh, cardiovascular research is going to go on. And I think like most of the most of what we are going to see in the future is mainly focus on prevention, from statins research, from cholesterol medication research with the PCSK9s that we are seeing now, from the from the inflammatory pathway standpoint. Uh, I, I think like the most important thing is prevention, and that's the most important thing that I will I will uh, would like the the people who's hearing this podcast to take a take home. And this is something that I would emphasize. It's I, I call it a joke with my interventional and uh, 
cardiac surgery colleagues, but it really isn't. I'm here to try to rob them of getting procedures, but they still have enough business. The one other point I wanted to make is about women, because my career goes back so many years where there was almost an attitude of, well, little lady, you can't have possibly have coronary disease. And now we know that women... When they do have a heart attack, the young woman to me is age 50. If she has a heart attack, she has twice the chance as a man of dying from that event. Now, she gets it as an average later in life uh, after menopause, and then she catches up. So we need to, as part of education, have women understand that they are very much at risk, and especially the trick with women is that they present with very different symptoms. They also don't tend to be as susceptible to pain as men, but they're they're their myocardial infarction is much less likely to present in the classic way with a mid-sternal heavy chest pain and diaphoresis. They may just not feel good, for an example, and be a little weak, So, and just shortness of breath. So they present differently, and the woman needs to understand that basically she is just as much at risk, and if she does get coronary disease, her risk is extreme. It's certainly true. And those studies were done on mostly men, as you say. And I I just want to thank you both so much for joining us today. It's such important information for patients to hear and to hear all the exciting things that are going on at UK Healthcare. Thank you again for joining us. This is UK HealthCast with the University of Kentucky Healthcare. For more information on cardiovascular medicine at the UK Healthcare, you can go to ukhealthcare.uky.edu. That's ukhealthcare.uky.edu. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.